Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss welcome to zone time everybody i'm julian justin cuthbert is here sam chang is here and we're joined by a very special guest uh, lil nas x has joined the chat <laughs> <laughs> Avery Lewis McDougal. <laughs> you about to All go right, to Stampede? Hey, I'm the only Albertan on this show, so I have to, I have to you know compensate for there be no Calgarians on this podcast. So, wow, That's my way to say Calgary, you know, I'm I'm with you. Shout out Calgary. Are you allowed man. to Shout- say that from Edmonton? Of course. No one's gonna like beat you. Who's gonna stop me? Like- Who is gonna stop me? <laughs> That's the boat of Avery's life, not me. Exactly. Right, so. Avery's here. He's repping the stampede. Thanks for tapping in because uh, Omar, who I got to meet for the very first time over the weekend, uh, can't make it. I, I guess he's still uh, having trouble getting in from, from Montreal back home to Toronto. Omar is a lovely person to meet in person. He, I just want that said because like we, we only really like see him like off the, on the chat here on Zoom. But like meeting him in person was like a highlight of of last week's draft festivities and there were many highlights you were all missed uh but definitely seeing omar uh be a part of all this like that was that made my week he's amazing anyway uh i'll i just want i'll let that hang that's okay because there were other things that happened during the nhl draft last week like the montreal canadians deciding that they were going to buck convention and pick uri slavkovsky first overall and uh shane wright eventually just falling to fourth overall like I know people here in Montreal were going off on it, but like, I guess I'll start with you, Avery, since uh, you have the big hat, so you get to have the floor first. What did you think of the Canadians picking Uri Slavkovsky first and not Shane Wright and all the other madness that happened during the draft? Uh, first off, I was in shock. I was in awe. I was really surprised. It was the guy to go for number one. But I was surprised more. He fell to four. I am shocked he wasn't taken by Arizona. That to me was very surprising. You know, it would have been very funny, though, if he fell all the way to 29th because Shane Wright to Edmonton Fair would have broken enough. this app. It would have broken Twitter if he went to Edmonton. There's no way he would have gone that far down to Edmonton. Come on. <laughs> it wouldn't. It, you wouldn't have, though. It would have been very funny though, if it did, though. It would not have happened, though. But for the comedy sake and for the drama, I thought it would have been very funny. Edmonton has had enough first overall picks. Where kids were supposed to be first overall. Cuff, uh, I know mm-hmm. we talked about on the Sports Hockey podcast, um, but like, dude, we 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 were like, 
it was such an exciting moment to just watch and just kind of see unfold. And I still think it was one of the more like notable like NHL draft moments I have ever seen. Yeah, I thought it was cool. I thought, uh, you know, Omar's reaction would have been perfect uh, in the moment that we the reactions we see here on Zone Time all the time. I thought uh, we could have used one of those screen grabs from him, but I thought it was cool. Uh, I was I remember I was talking last time about how New Jersey was in this like enviable position where mm-hmm. they couldn't really miss. They may have missed. I, I don't know if that player uh, is going to be is going to turn out to be, uh, you know, the next Kale McCarr, but seeing right slide through them and then i guess arizona had already made up their mind but go forward to seattle i uh, was very surprising and now we're gonna have the ability to look back on this draft and nitpick and second guess because it's set up pretty perfect for that but i think shane wright's probably in the best possible spot kind of blend in maybe go back to junior bide his time to get to the nhl level uh, i think that's an opportunity now when the pressure would have been really high next season for him if it was montreal uh that did pick him number one sam what about you yeah, I was I was surprised, but I thought it was it, it made for a good shakeup. Um, I was kind of hoping the Coyotes would take him and then also end up with Connor Bedard <laughs> next year after oh their atrocious God. start to the schedule. Um, and I like I appreciate that the reality is it's because they're not able to be in their arena to start the season. But my preferred conspiracy theory is that the league is doing whatever they can to get them Connor Bedard. Um, so I like I was really hoping they would just take him so they could end up with both because I thought that would be amazing. But Sam, how does it feel to do one of these episodes and not have Omar to agree with? Feels weird. It I had like really I was weird. like super jealous when I saw the photo. I was like, oh, I wish I could have met both of you. Okay, I'm gonna have to make sure we get the photo of Omar and I meeting because it is a very wholesome photo. Yeah. What do we think of of Shane Wright? Um looking at the Canadians uh, management team as he was getting picked. I think he told sports that it was not his intention to stare them down, but like he already kind of did it. So I think he's totally doing it. Like this is like a villain origin story. Like you try to be this wholesome kid and then you get done and wrong by the team you think is supposed to take you. And now you're going to make it your life's mission to destroy them. I would love that personally. I get it. Like he has to kind of downplay it. So that way he doesn't put a target on himself. But I'd love the idea of like Shane Wright waking up every day, seeking to destroy the Montreal Canadiens, the team that did him wrong. It's more fun this way for Shane. It would have been way more fun if he just said that that was what (laughs) what he was doing. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. Like what's wrong with, if this was almost any other league, this was the NBA, like someone would have done it, but Shane Wright, like, I like the idea of him not having nearly as much pressure, but I like him working in the shadows to do everything he can to exact revenge on the team. Well, you could say all three teams that passed him, but in particular, the Montreal Canadiens, a team that a lot of people expected him uh, to go to in this draft. I, I love that scenario. Yeah, uh, I mean, I, 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 yeah. I was just going to say, I, I kind of felt bad for him in the moment that he like felt like he had to do that. Uh, I didn't feel any better that he said he didn't do it on purpose because now I think he's trying to cover up for what he did. And that's just like, you know, continuing to dig the ditch. But like, uh, I don't know, it's supposed to be this great moment, right? And he had he felt like he had to, you know, shoot shoot a glare at the table and it wasn't overly like menacing in any way. It kind of looks silly. So like, I, I don't know. I, I wish that didn't, that didn't have to happen for him. Uh, but despite what he says, I, I kind of agree with you guys. I think, I think that's what he was doing and hopefully he can use that as motivation because I am cheering for this guy. Now I didn't really have anything 
any reason to root for him before, but now I kind of want to see him do well uh, after what happened on, on Thursday night, I guess it was. Yeah, no, Thursday. I agree. What about you, Avery? I- I agree, I agree with the group. He clearly was staring them down, but I would have loved for him to, in an interview with Jimmy Campbell, say, yeah, I was. I'm going to bury them now. From now on, I, I, would, I would love for him to say, yeah, I was staring them down, and yeah, I'm going to bury them now. It would be so much fun. Could you imagine his first game against Montreal? Shane Wright, 5.9 against Habs. I want him to go in now and just bury Montreal. Everything plays him. I want it to happen now. Go on, kid. Go on and make them regret not picking you, kid. Go ahead and do it. I want it. You're like holding up your mic and like you low-key look like one of those like uh those auctioneers. <laughs> like you look like you're gonna <laughs> this thing goes for five hundred dollars, six hundred dollars. <laughs> selling some cattle, selling some sheep. Yo. <laughs> sorry. Sorry, I know we don't have you on every episode, but we have to take the opportunity uh to roast you when we do. The one thing I'll say also, I just want to add with Shane Wright too. Uh, it it did look kind of goofy because like mm-hmm. he's like smiling with like Gary Bettman and then his face just like completely mm-hmm. changes like that just makes it so like you can't tell me you know it wasn't your intention you wanted to do that like I I, I think Shane Wright wanted to be petty in that moment and wanted to be upset and it did look very goofy it absolutely did um I, unless there's like anything else with the draft we want to go into because i know we've kind of rehashed that there's so many other things leading up to the free agency period and, and teams looking to uh start rebuilding and one team in particular is chicago they've offloaded kirby doc in the last how many days they offloaded alex to for a deal that i think is very underwhelming uh they're letting go of dylan strome they're not giving him a qualifying offer and everyone's wondering what the hell patrick kane and Jonathan Taze are thinking at a time like this. Is this not the most blatant attempt at tanking we've seen in the modern era? At least, like, it's very, it's very blatant. There are teams that have been bad, but, like, this is very clearly, like, a team that's saying, screw it, we're not going to play well, we're going for Connor Bedard, and it doesn't matter if we're not going to get full value for these guys. Like, I don't know. Like, do you guys think it's shameful what they're doing? Or like, like, what do you guys think of how Chicago's going about the rebuild? Uh, I don't mind it personally. Okay. I mean, uh, that's what you got to do. And it's got to do in the NHL these days. You can't be mediocre. If they stood on their current trajectory, they would have been mediocre for a long time. I think it's a little self-serving for Kyle Davidson. I'm sure he's not surprising anybody, but I think, hey, can I lengthen my professional leash as long as possible? Yeah, this is how you do it by trading away people that are just coming out of entry level, uh, fifth or 40 goal scorers that are at the top 10 in the last five years. That's someone that could see the other side of a rebuild, but he's choosing not to have that because he wants to carry this all the way through. So, you know, he won the job interview process. I'm sure this is what he pitched. So good on him for executing his plan. I'm not going to nitpick what he's doing because teardowns are teardowns. It's not always pretty. And oftentimes it's ugly. And I guess he's going through the ugly process right now. And I feel like he's almost daring Jonathan Taves and Patrick Kane to issue a trade request. Only one more year of pain for them if they want to see it through. But uh, I feel like he'd love to trade those chips in as well. What about you, Avery? I feel with the rebuild, you need some young chips still to be in the roster. So to me, trading away, um, trade with the brain cat to me is kind of odd for nothing. You need, you need some young chips to help your prospect come in for a rebuild. So I felt that was kind of odd to trade away the brain cat even this rebuild. But no, I think he's a great point. Justin said he's daring Taves and Kane to ask for out. And if I were Kane, I were Taves, I'm 33, 34. 
why am I staying here? Hell no, trade me, get out of here. I don't want to play a team that's going to be a 21-win team for next year and a half. No way. Deal me, please. Yeah. Sam, what about you? Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's a solid strategy, and it's the perfect rebuttal to the many people who are, who are like, you can't tank. Like, you can't ask players to go out there and try to lose games. Like, no one's ever suggested that that's how you tank. This is how you tank. You take mm-hmm. apart your team, and you ice a really bad roster for a few seasons. Um you know, I, I think it's worked for a few other teams. Like look at Colorado the year that they just ended up dead last. You eat it for a few years and it's it's a good way to rebuild. I thought the more interesting thing was uh, the Islanders trade. <laughs> yeah, they ended up getting like, uh, uh, I still think, I still can't believe they got like Alexander Romanov like this weekend, like out of all of all of that. But like, I, I still think with, with Chicago, like it's still kind of, like we know what you're doing like and and people are going to say like oh well you know last place doesn't guarantee first overall but like the top three might actually still be really good so people we're going to hear a lot of people say like you're guaranteed top three next year and it's just going to be super super annoying but i also get it i also understand I mean, if, but also next year's yeah, draft is supposed to be the closest to 2003 or two, 2015 that we've seen in a while that's this is the year to do it it absolutely is. It's just, and, it's very blatant. And it's the year to trade Patrick Kane so you can get one more first round pick in that draft. I yeah. mean, I, it looks like they don't want to ask him to do that. It's like this game of chicken right now, but man, Patrick Kane has to enter the marketplace. We need to see this happen. It makes all the sense in the world for Chicago, it makes all the sense in the world for Patrick Kane, will make sense for any team looking to get a superstar for half the price. Like this is set up perfectly. I hope this is what we're talking about deep in the summer. New York Rangers. I think the New York Rangers should get him. LA Kings. That's my vote. Ooh. Buffalo Sabres. No. (laughs) He's from Buffalo. It would be a great story. It's just too bad they're not like, if they were better, that would have been a good story. They need like that guy who knocks everybody down a peg. It's they're They're waiting for a Patrick Kane type. It's true. You know, it's funny though. People say about rebuilding sports and North American sports. People always say, you know, oh, bring relegation to hockey. Never going to happen. It'll it's never work. Those minor league teams here are owned by the parent club. It'll never work. Like that. Sorry, you're never going to get relegation in the NHL. It just won't work. I still think, I don't know how to do it. I'm not as smart as someone who would work in the league office. I still think a quote-unquote anti-tanking measure has to be like a mid-season tournament, kind of like what we see in soccer where we see all these other competitions that happen uh, throughout the year. And you don't have to be a top-tier team to 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 win them you could make that it, it could matter for you like i i think that you have to find a way to make other things this season matter so that way you're not just having teams just blatantly just try to suck for an entire year but again i'm not smart enough yet i'll think of something but i'm not smart enough yet to think of an idea that works that involves a mid-season tournament but i also just really want one i think it's something the nhl will inevitably do because there has to be a way for a lot of these teams who will fall out of playoff contention to make up some of that money at the gate. We're in a, with the NHL, it's very much still a gate driven league. And I think making games matter, even in the middle of the season, even for some random tournament, that is a way to do it. You just have to find a way to make it matter. That's a way to do it. I think. We shall see. That might be a, it might be a season three discussion. Okay. 
Oh, might be. Need a little while to unpack that. Season three discussion. By the way, everyone, let's, we have to remind everyone here. Justin is technically the only person who's like an actual full time employee at Yahoo. So when he says stuff like that, that matters. Hey, I, I have no inside information. We'll leave that to Kieran. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> okay, all right. So we got to talk to Kieran Breen, the producer of the show, about ensuring that mm-hmm. Zone Time returns for season three because. I think we did pretty well for season two so far. And then like, look, we're, we're not even done season two yet. Um, yeah. So season three, you heard it here first, everybody from Justin Cuthbert's mouth to everyone else's ears. All right. Uh, free agency season starts on Wednesday. As we're recording, we're hearing a lot of uh, chatter going around. It's official that uh, Evgeny Malkin is going to test the market. Uh, Big Val, Valerie Nachushkin is going to stay in Colorado reportedly for eight years, eight more years. That is stupid. That is nuts. Like, it, I think it's, I think it's wild. I'm just wondering, like, I have like a list of free agents here, some of the bigger ones here. And I want to know if we could try to guess where we think they're going to go or not. Just give me a team. It doesn't even have to be like a team. Like you've like seriously thought of like, you know, Hey, that makes sense for cap stuff. You could just tell me whatever team you would want them to go uh like john like johnny Gaudreau, for example like is he going to calgary is he staying in calgary is he going to seattle for the big money is he going to philly is he going to new jersey avery what do you think johnny Gaudreau is going i said it on season one johnny Gaudreau, go 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 to philly philadelphia make it happen sir. you said it on season one i did yes <laughs> i said Doug go to philadelphia i don't remember that episode which episode was that i gotta go through the archives again but i said it i quoted it I quoted him going to Philadelphia last trade deadline day. Didn't happen. But now I want to see him playing in Philadelphia, see what happens there. I mean, he's been linked there for, it seems like, 45 years. So make it happen now. See what works in that franchise is trying to rebuild. Okay. All right. So we have Avery down for Philadelphia as to where uh, Johnny Goudreau would go. Remember, a franchise that has John Tortorella, Gritty, and now Anthony D'Angelo in their seed. So already there's just going to be a whole set of mess. They're a team that is going to be a must-watch team for all the wrong reasons. And then you put in Johnny Gaudreau, who is going to have to work with Torts. I have no idea how that relationship is going to work, but I am all for it. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I kind of think he's going to end up in Philly too because they're just so desperate. It's just like they just – they're just reek of desperation, that franchise, with everything that they do. Uh, and I think despite that, Gaudreau kind of wants to be there. Like people are talking about Seattle – I mean, he's always been talking about the East Coast, like this entire career. It's the conversation around his is that he wants to go to the East Coast. Seattle can't offer him the right coast and he can't offer them. Well, they can offer him more money, I guess, than Calgary. They can't go eight years. So if he's going to stay on the West Coast, does Calgary not make the most sense? A competitive team, it's your team. You already know what you're getting into. They give you the eight years, maximize the dollars. I, I don't know really how Seattle fits into this equation, although they we keep hearing their names, so maybe they are involved, but I just feel like it's always been Philly. So it will be Philly and it might be a disaster. It probably will be a disaster, but that's what it I'm probably expecting. Will be. Sam, what about you? Yeah, I think Philly is a good guess because if only just because we keep hearing that he wants to play there. I think the other interesting place, although I think they're probably rebuilding more now than they ever have been, is Boston. Um, he played for Boston College. I think that's that's you know, East Coast. That's I think that'd fair. be interesting. They've like, you know, Boston is losing a lot of their marquee players. That's a good place for him. Okay. 
Uh, I'm just going to say he's going to stay in Calgary. I mean, I know we're, we're coming up on the deadline for when he could actually get that like eighth year in his contract with Calgary, but I see him staying like, this is like a really good situation. He was a part of the best line in hockey last year. I don't think they're that far off from, from doing another run in the Stanley cup playoffs with the Calgary Flames. So I, I, I see him staying, but if he goes to Philly, I am all for the carnage. Uh, I'm going to throw up two other names. How about Nazem Kadri, who's seen as the second best free agent available on most people's big boards. Sam, where do you think your boy Nas is going to end up? Is he staying in Colorado? Is he going somewhere else? Where do you think? I was like a little hopeful they'd make something work in Colorado, but with that Nutrition contract, I, I don't see how you make that work, especially when you need to, you need to pay Nathan McKinnon real soon. Mm-hmm. Um, Plus, you're probably gonna have to pay Bowen Byram unless he's also walking. Uh, where does Nazem Kadri go? I don't. I actually don't know. That's like one person <laughs> where I think, if I'm Kadri, I test every offer that comes my way. Like, I pull the John Tavares, like listen to every single team who has an offer to make thing, and just revel in it because that's what he actually deserves. What about you, Avery? Uh, I've heard these teams mentioned a couple of times. I've heard either the Rangers or the Islanders. I think him with the Rangers would be a, cool, a pretty cool look. Him playing in New York would be pretty cool to see. Mm-hmm. Okay. What about you, Kuff? Yeah, I mean, it comes down to what he wants. Does he want, like, the best opportunity to win again, or does he want the most money? I kind of think he'll gravitate towards the most money, and I think the most money might be Detroit if they're willing to get involved and maybe forego the chance of getting Connor Bedard or be involved in the lottery. Uh, not that, you know, Nazem Kadri will completely turn their fortunes around, but I think you have to start eventually putting pieces in place and Kadri could be one that lasts a little bit longer, but I think the Rangers might actually be like the perfect balance between comp- competitiveness and money. I think he could probably get six and a half from the Rangers and play on a team that might be one of the favorites in the Eastern conference to go to the Stanley cup final next year. I, I, I really like the sounds of the Rangers. I think that'd be a great fit for him kind of meets his personality as well. I, you know, Detroit, New York, those ones make sense to me. Yeah. Detroit, like if Leaf fans miss Nazem Kadri that much, they could just drive to Detroit to see him whenever they want to. So there's always, his always home, that. His hometown's, you know, just as close to Detroit as it is Toronto. So it would be somewhat of a homecoming for him as well. So London's like a midpoint, I guess. Yeah. London's on the way to the border, on the way to Windsor and Michigan. Yeah. Okay, as someone who doesn't live in Ontario, I'm, I'm always glad whenever I get those uh, geography lessons. Um, I would like for him to stay in Colorado. I think it would just be like a nice story. Uh, but you have sold me on the New York Rangers. It is in, it, like the Rangers, I still think, are going to be a team to beat in the Eastern Conference for quite some time. And for them to get a uh, proven center, a Stanley Cup winning center, and Nazem Kadri for the next how many years, that makes a lot of sense. Also, I'm not sure if everyone else saw. Uh, we're kind of figuring this out in real time as we record. Looks like Dachushkin is eight years, $49 million. And uh, a full no-movement clause in the first three years of his deal that turns into a 12-team no-trade in the last five years. So, uh, yeah, that's a, that a lot of money for, <laughs> for Big Val. Good times that's for Big Val. Like, that's maybe the first contract in a long time that Colorado's handed out that I'm like, I want to trust Joe Sakic, but man, that's a lot. That's a lot of money and a lot of terms. It is for a guy who really only became a really good two-way center. Oh, sorry, not center, but winger 
this year. And he's going to be 35 when that contract ends. It's not Penguins um, Latang bad, but. (laughs) Oh my God. Latang's still, I mean, still playing at a high enough level. For that amount of money? Yeah. And that amount of term? When he's that 41, will he still be playing the league? When he's 41, like how many D men play into their, into their 40s? Not named Chris Chelios. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say for like and like for the strengths of Latang's game, that's that's a hard sell. That is true. And because of that, a guy like Evgeny Malkin might end up not uh, rejoining uh the Pittsburgh Penguins. It looks as if he's going to test the market. Uh I like Dallas for him. I think Dallas makes a lot of sense. I think like the stars are a team that uh you know they need to be competitive with the roster that they have right now they need to make it work and having a guy like Evgeny Malkin for the next how many years he kind of elevates them like a little bit I don't think it does enough for them to beat a team like Colorado but I could see Evgeny Malkin getting a cowboy hat just like Avery's and calling (laughs) Dallas home for the next how many years so I I'm going to say Dallas for Evgeny Malkin Avery where do you think he's going to go well, you mentioned cowboy hat, and you know they're, gonna, they're they're a dark horse. No one's mentioning them at all. From one cowboy hat place to another, Alberta, of getting Malkin in Edmonton, I think would be fun to I see. I don't know about I that. I think that would be fun to see. It may not happen. It may not happen. It would be fun. But a team of Malkin, Drysidle, McDavid. Oh my goodness, magnifique! Oh my god, <laughs> that is. Oh my! Like I was thinking about it earlier today because we were talking about this off air. Like the if the Oilers, if they really wanted to, like a center depth of like McDavid, Dreisaitl, Malkin, and then Ryan Nugent Hopkins on the fourth line, if they really wanted to, I mean, it probably would happen. Disgusting. But that'd be scary. That's disgusting. <laughs> I mean, I think if, if he would have to play the Vander Kane role, right? You play with either Dreisaitl or McDavid on the wing. I mean, that's that's interesting to me. I, I just want spiteful Malkin. And I think spiteful Malkin chooses either Washington or Tampa Bay. Uh, I would love to see him forego a little, some earnings and go to a powerhouse in the Eastern conference and try to haunt uh, his former team and Sid and Latang. I think that'd be very fun. If, if Palat left, I think it opens actually up. Maybe he could make some money in Tampa, but Washington, Ovi, the rivalry. I mean, that would be a pretty awesome subplot to the Metro division if you went there. Oh man, that'd be very much a villain story. Sam, who are you? Where do you I'm think I'm with Justin? That there yes. you go. I'm with Justin. <laughs> I want the villain story. I think that would be, I think that would be glorious. That would be sick. Like, yeah, like we've seen Pittsburgh and Washington go at it for how many years in the rivalry there for Evgeny Malkin to go to the dark side. God, that sounds what so if evil. Evgeny Malkin and silly. Oh. Playing for I the mean, team impossible. where they are proud to put Sidney Crosby's face in urinals. Oh, <laughs> it would be the same. It would be more spiteful, but it would be yeah. like not successful, which is the yeah. only reason why yeah. I'm not. I'm not down for Fair it. Enough. It wouldn't work. By the way, uh, I, I I'm sorry that we never uh, memorialized the 10 year anniversary of that amazing Flyers Penguin series where they literally beat up on each other for six games. Uh, and I had all those blowouts because that's still one of the greatest playoff series I've ever seen. I was reminded of that earlier today. It's a damn shame. Fantastic. No one thought to do an oral history on that playoff series. And for Evgeny Malkin to be on the other side of that rivalry, that would just be downright evil. I love it. Let's do it. Let's have Evgeny Malkin join Washington <laughs> or Philly. 
uh, in free agency. Or, hey, you know what? Maybe Pittsburgh keeps him at some right rate, and then we never have to think about Ben ever again. I don't know. Who knows? We'll see. All right. Uh, that's going to do it for this week's edition of Zone Time. Uh, Sam, Avery, Cuth, thank you as always uh, for hopping in, especially you, Avery. I hope you didn't mind the little Nas X joke. I've heard it many times before already. This hat, it, this hat <laughs> warrants the little Nas X jokes, little Avery in the Prairie jokes, you know. <laughs> little Avery on the, that actually works. Avery on the Prairie. <laughs> that's good. Yeah, we'll let you we'll let you go down to your old town road and, and get your horse, buddy. All right. <laughs> All right. All right. You've heard enough of these. Okay, cool. We'll we'll subscribe to the podcast or you listen to the podcast. We'll be back next week with a brand new episode. Maybe Omar will have returned to Toronto by then. I don't know. Uh, but uh yeah, get home safe, buddy. And uh, yeah, we'll talk again soon. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.